Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Psalms, Maskeel, and that's a Hebrew word, M-A-S-K-I-L, Maskeel. And there's 13 of these Maskeel Psalms that are, that are through the, the book. And the word Maskeel is actually, it's a, it's a musical term. So what it meant was that as, as they began this, this psalm, this Maskeel Psalm, the musicians would play a particular note as it would begin. And just like I said with songs, you know, um, music conveys emotions, right? And there's certain notes, and when you just hear it, you're like, you know, yeah, it gets, you, it gets you excited or it gets you happy. The mesquite note that would start was very different than that. It was very, it was very somber. It was very heavy. It's that, you know, if you'd hear it in a movie or a TV show or something, just by hearing that note, you'd be like, oh, you know, things are not good. That was the mesquite note. It was just, it was, again, it was that, oh, life is not okay. And that was the instruction that was given for these psalms that, that as they, they began to say them, this note was, was played. It was troubling. And with the psalms, like I said earlier, you know, they, they just display this, these different emotions. And, and, you know, sometimes our emotions are, are not okay. Some, there are times for all of us you just can't, put on a happy face and show up at church or show up at wherever and pretend that everything is okay. There's times it's like things are not okay. And if I have to pretend, I, I don't want to be there. You know, for some of you, if, if, if life is always good, well, you please do go on your phone because you may not track with what I'm telling you today. Because sometimes life is not all right. We hear the phrase, God is good. Well, sometimes we're like, sorry, not today. I don't think it is. You ever had those times? You know, what, what I do in ministry now is, is, is a little different than, than pastor in the church. And, and I'm really fortunate because I get to be part of just some wonderful, wonderful things in ministry. I get to be part of of. of you know, credentialing, when people get ordained and, and, and move through that process, I get to work with them, and it's, it's so rewarding. There's so many good things, but I'm going to tell you there are also times that, that I have to work with certain things, and they're mesquite times. They're heartbreaking. One time I had to show up at a church, and I, I show up, and people at the church are like, Dave, Pastor Dave, oh, why are you here today? Then the next question is, but, and where's our pastor? And I have to break the news to them that because of a moral failure, their pastor is no longer their pastor. In fact, their pastor is no longer a pastor. I have to tell them that and walk through the morning time with them. And I go out to my car after that service and and it's like the radio is playing these mesquite notes. And again, it's like, God is good? Not, not today. Recently, I was, 
I was with a, a church board and, and some things had happened. And this one man who was, I mean, he's, he's like the backbone of that church. And he was in tears and, and he just said, Pastor Dave, I don't know how much longer I can do this. It was just the, the state of their church. And he goes, I just, I just, I don't know. And I went up to my car after that board meeting. And the same thing, the same note is playing. And it's not today. I don't feel like God is good. You ever have those times? Anybody going through those times? See, I have... I have my times like that. And, and this is why, let me read you at the beginning of, of some of the mosquito times because this is, this is what they say. In Psalm 42, it says, my tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all day long, where is your God? Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through the, groan, through the groaning all day long. For days and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. I mean, again, can you, can you hear that mesquite note, that tone played as, as these words are, are not, not sad, but they're little, literally groaned or cried. Yeah, you've had your times. I've had mine. You know, friends, we, we together have had ours. I mean, we're, we're together as a church family, as a congregation, as a body. I mean, we're, we're linked together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I don't know if you know this, but, but you know, through the, through the history of our church, there have been these mesquite times where you look around and, and think, you know, God, where are you? Are, are you providing? Are you here? Are you going to do this for us? Now, all of us, I mean, we, we've come into this congregation at different times. I mean, some of you, I know, you, you've been at this church for almost since the first day we've had church here, and, and some of you are, are more recent. You know, I, I know Ben introduced me, and, and because some of you were like, who's that old short guy with the gray hair? He doesn't look like Chip. <laughs> I know that. But no matter when you've come into this congregation, we're family and we're connected. See, see where our church started, we had a pastor. His name was, was Reverend Schreider, Jim Schreider. And, and God had put this call on Reverend Schreider's life to move to Napoleon and, and to start a church. This was a calling he had. So he came to this town. He, did, he didn't have any money. He didn't have any people. He didn't have a building. He didn't have anything except this calling from God to say, go and do this. And so he moves up here with his family. He works out at Campbell's. He don't have any land. But he begins to do ministry. He begins to do everything he can to start a church. You know, the, the first Sunday that, that they had church, again, we didn't, none of this was here. None of this... Where they had the first services was, was up, uptown at the armory. And, and hey, you can have church there. And, and there were a few people from a, a Nazarene church over in Defiance, and, and they drove over. And, 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 you know, how the story goes is there were actually um, some military there at the armory doing some training. And, and their, their commander had said, um, you know what, you can, um, uh, you can go to church or you can, or you can train. And they chose to go to church. 
And so he had a crowd the first week. And, and Reverend Schreider actually like swept up shell casings and everything to, to clean up. That was the first week. But the second week they weren't there and it was just the couple of people. And the third week and the fourth week. And I've always wondered with Reverend Schreider, you know, the, the discouragement. He feels this calling from God, but it's just a couple people. How, how disappointing or how discouraging or how, how would you keep yourself going to know that God has called me to do this, but I, I just don't, I don't see anything happening. You know, in the, in the early 80s, this church, we had, a, we had a great pastor. He was a youth pastor up in Detroit. His, his name was Reverend Traver. And if you were here, you know, everybody loved Reverend Traver. Reverend Traver was the best. He was like this, this just ball of energy and, and electricity. And, and, and the story I love about Reverend Traver is, is, again, at that time we did. We had a little building, and, and none of this existed, but it was, it was over kind of in the Sunday school wing. And, and they'd say Reverend Traver would come in, and he'd walk into Sunday school classes and, hey, good morning, how you doing? Good to see you, Dad. How are you? And he just, you know, and everybody, they're like, isn't Reverend Traver the best? He's just so nice to everyone. Well, you know what he was doing? He wasn't being nice. He's taking attendance. That's what he's doing. He's looking in classes to see who wasn't here. And I'd heard stories. He'd go back to his office, and he'd pick up the phone, and he'd say, Cameron, you're not in Sunday school. What are you doing? You sleeping in? Ah, oh, that's not good. You got a half an hour, buddy. Get dressed and you get to church. And people, okay, Reverend Traver, I'll do it. I'll be there. People come to church. So many people got saved. So many people began. It was like in the life of this church, it was like, you know what? This calling that Reverend Schreider had, this is, it's happening. God is moving. We're going to make a difference for Jesus in this community. And then Reverend Traver was diagnosed with cancer. And he quickly passed away. And we were devastated. You know, I remember a time about a decade later, Janet and I come and, and, um, and you know, things are... And again, we're, we're, we're beginning to grow and, and, and how our building was there, you know, it was, it was about the size of, you know, about 100 people, you know, is... is is 7,500 people. That's about what it comfortably was. And, and man, we were growing. We had about 150 people in that building. And it's like, what are we going to do? We had a little bit of land, and, and we had this small building. We needed a bigger sanctuary. We needed more Sunday school rooms. And, and Darren was showing me around. And I don't know if you're going to believe this or not, but in, in one spot where there's a, a Sunday school room, and then there's actually like a furnace room kind of behind, we have five kids' Sunday school classes in that space that probably maybe wasn't as big as the platform here. And every Sunday, people would say, Pastor Day, you got to do something about this. you got to come on. We're, we're dying back there with all these kids. But that's what we had. And, and the issue was, you know, if we were going to build, if we were going to do something, we needed land because we only had a couple of acres that was there. In fact, right here would be where you're sitting is where we park cars, you know, and right about the edge of where our building is now. That was the edge of our land. So we needed land. And we found out who owned this land. It was a lady, and uh, she lived in Bowling Green. And I got her information, and I, I called her. And I introduced myself and told her about our church. And um, maybe, you know, we could buy some of the land. Here's what she told me. She said, you know, Reverend, I don't believe in God. I don't like churches. I don't like Christians. I don't like you. 
I don't want to help you. I don't want to help your church. I don't want to. So no thank you. Don't call me again. And poof, she hung up. And it, some of you young people don't know what poof is. But we have phones with like things. And you can slam them. And it meant something, you know. Cell phones stink. Now, how do you hang up with someone, you know? It's like, boom, you know? That just doesn't do it. But she hung up on me, boom. And, and I thought, I thought, hey, that's okay. You know what this lady needs? She needs somebody to pray for. That's what she needs. And we're going to pray for her. And, and our board, we talked about this. And Ron, Ron, he, he developed this. He, he made this big, like, poster. And we had it on a bulletin board. And it was where our church was and the land and, and kind of what we were praying about. And we were praying for her. And people signed all around. We prayed for her. We prayed for her in church and Sunday school classes. We prayed for her individually. We prayed for this lady. And I just kept thinking, we're going to pray for her because prayer can do anything, right? We're going to pray for her. And I was just, you know, we prayed for, for a few months. We prayed. And I just thought, you know, this is going to be good. I, she's, we're going to pray for her. God's going to move on her. She's going to give us this land. That's what's going to happen. And she owned all of, of, of kind of what this and, and over where the housing development is. She owned all that and then some land across the street. There were a lot of acres of ground. And we prayed. And I remember telling the church one day, I'm like, okay, now everyone, Tuesday, Tuesday at 10 a.m., I'm calling this, this lady. I'm calling her. So I want you to pray for me. Pray about this conversation. Let's all just join together. And wherever you are at work, just pray at 10 o'clock. So I call her and introduce myself again. She's like, oh, I remember you. Didn't I tell you not to call me again? I'm like, well, yeah, but, but just hold on. And I said, I, I know you're not right here by our church, but you own this land. I feel like we're neighbors. And, you know, God's just really doing some good things in our, in our church. And, and i just love to share those with you. Could I come by and, and you know, we can drink a cup of coffee. And, and she's like, no, don't you listen. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to help you. Never call me again. Boom, again. And I'm sitting there in my office, and I'm devastated. I'm like, I, I don't have a plan B. I don't know what to do here. And I've got to tell the church. I felt like such a failure. I felt like I'd let everybody down. I felt like, you know, what are we going to do here? I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I, I think I know what God wants, but boy, this is a dead end. And I, and again, it was that mesquite tone note that was playing. You failed. What are you going to do? You know, friends, these are, these are our stories. You might not have been here at the church at that time, but these are our stories. And the mesquite Psalms, you, you know what they do? It's kind of interesting because as you read them, and there's a part of it that, that goes along, like I said, and it talks about how, how dry the bones are. But some of them go on, and then they begin to tell the stories of, of Israel. You know, there was a time where we were slaves in Egypt, and it felt like we had no future. There was a time where God was leading us, and, and, and in front of us was this sea, and behind of us were the Egyptians, and we thought for sure we were going to die. There was a time we wandered in the wilderness, we had no food, we had no, we just wandered and wondered, where was God taking us? 
Where was this promise? But the Mesquiel Psalms tell these stories, and they were just kind of like me telling you some of our stories. That's what the Psalms tell. But you know, the good news, friends, is, is the Psalms, even though they have those notes of, of, that are somber and ominous, and they tell these stories, that's, that's not where it ends. The Psalms go on. They're like, yeah, we were slaves, but someone brought us out. There was a sea in front of us, and we didn't know how we were going to be delivered, but the hand of God parted that sea. We were in the wilderness and had nothing of our own. But did you know that every morning, God brought food for us? And our shoes didn't wear out and our clothes wouldn't wear out because there was one that watched over us and he took care of us. The Mesquite Psalms don't just tell the stories and the heartaches and the problems. They go on and they look to God. God is faithful. They stopped looking at the problems and the circumstances and the situations. And they began to look at God because he is faithful. You know our stories? Reverend Schreider? Well, I told you about his calling and that he came. And do you know know how we, I told you he had no land, no money, no building, no people. But somewhere on this Northwest Ohio district of Nazarene churches around there, Somebody burdened young people, teenagers, and they, they started collecting money. Teenagers from Nazarene churches of, and, and, and people who had never been to Napoleon and knew nothing about this, they started collecting money, and they gave it to us so that we could buy land right here. Think about that. It was through the generosity of people who had never met. That's called missions, right? The generosity of others so that we could have something. I still remember we were having a service and, and, and we invited Reverend Schreider to be with us and, and he was standing right here in the middle and I'll, I'll never forget this as he lifted up his hands and he was like, this is the vision. This is what I prayed for and dreamed for. This is what God had called me. This is it. He didn't see, he wasn't part of what had gone on. But the calling that he had was true. Reverend Traver passed away. And like I said, it was was like a family member had died that God provided for us. And he brought us pastors that were exactly what we needed, who, who, who were people of healing and compassion. And while we went through some some times of mourning, those those people were with us. I told you about the land. I don't know what to do with the rest of this. I'm, I'm just, okay. Please do not theologize the story. A few of you are laughing because you know what happened. And I don't know what to do with some of this. I'm just going to be honest with you. So I'm not, I'm not going to try to shape this and make some, I'm just going to tell you what happened. But I was, I was, like I said, I was devastated. I, I felt like I had let the church down. I had felt like let everyone, I didn't know what to do. I really felt like, hey, this is what God wants for us, but what do we do? And then it was a Sunday morning, and out in the foyer, and I'm pointing over in that direction, someone comes up, and they're like, hey, pastor, did you hear? You know, and, and said the lady, she died. 
I said, what? Yeah, she passed away this past week. And, and so the land went into, you know, there was a lot of things, and, and, and people were like, oh, you told us to pray for her. <laughs> That's not funny, you know? It really shook me up. And, it, and, 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 and then there were some other things. I haven't told all of you because, you know, I think when I was here, I, I thought, I don't, don't want to tell these stories. And, but like a week after, I was out at the, the county home, you know, it was, if you know where that was. And I was doing a service, like praying for people and the Bible study and kind of whatever. And I was getting ready to leave, and, and this nurse stopped me. And she's like, hey, we have this patient over here, and she's pretty agitated and kind of thrashing around. And, and uh, you're, you're the pastor, right? You're doing the, yeah. Would you pray for her? So I went in her room, and she was. She's, you know, kind of, again, moving around. You can tell she was. So I put my hand on her shoulder, and I prayed for her, and, you know, whatever. And she got still. Still. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's happened again. <laughs> what is wrong with me? So I told, the, I told the nurse I was walking out, I'm like, you, you might want to check on her, Okay. <laughs> She's, I'm nervous. Yeah, and people thought it was funny. One guy came up to me, and he was like, hey, Dave, I'm having surgery up in Toledo next week. You don't have to come. <laughs> it's okay. In, in fact, don't even pray for me, all right? I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, he thought that was funny. I didn't. Hurt my feelings. But you know what was amazing in, the, in, in kind of in my thoughts of like what would happen and what, but the, the land, um, we were able to buy part of it, which was exactly what we needed. You know, all, all of this was developed into houses. That, that was beyond my imagination. It was beyond our imagination. It's interesting what, what God does, but how he provides. You see, God, God is always faithful. And, and God always does exactly what we need him to do. And, and the Psalms move from these circumstances that, that overwhelm us to the faithfulness of God and the deliverance of God. Listen to this. This is from Psalm 44, verses 6 through 8. And again, these are the Mesquiel Psalms. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Though we push back our enemies, through your name we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow, and my sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies, and you put our adversaries to shame. In God, our maker, we boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. You, you know, some of the stories I told you, the, the board member who, who was in tears, <laughs> We're about ready to vote a new pastor into their church. And he's like, Dave, I am so excited about the future of our church. And at one point, he was wondering, how is God going to provide? And now there is that excitement. We just had our, our, a retreat for our pastors just, just last week. And there was this one pastor's wife who, who stood up, and she just said, hey, can I, can I have a moment just to share? About six months ago, her, her husband, a pastor, had had a, stroke a debilitating stroke 
And it was, you know, is, is he, is he going to live? Will he be able to be a pastor? There were all of these things. And she's talked about the darkness of that time. And, and, and most of us have gone through with people we love, some of these dark times of, of illness, tragedy. But then she started telling, but let me tell you how God has answered prayer. And she just starts naming. She said, you know, I, was, I felt like I needed to be at the Cleveland Clinic with my husband. And I, was, I stayed in a hotel there. And I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know what it was, was going to do. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll just rack up credit cards. But this is where I need to be. And again, her emotions came up. And she said, and when I went to check out, the bill was $4,000. And someone had paid for it all. She just named off answer to prayer after answer to prayer. And friends, I, I just, I just want to encourage you today and I want to love you because I, I, some of us, it's, it's like God is good all the time. Some of us, God is good. Not today. But God is with you. And it can be during these times of discouragement or disappointment where God shapes us the most powerfully. I, 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 whenever we have, on my district, whenever we have churches that are going through transition, I always say, hey, here's, here's two things I want to share with you. Question number one. During this interim time, what does God want to teach me? What does God want to teach me? This can be a very, very powerful time. Because we, we don't trust in pastors. We trust in Jesus. God can provide for us in some incredible ways if we'll watch. Question two, God, how do you want to use me? Because we, we don't just press the pause button and say, oh, when a new pastor comes, how does God want to use you and have courage and overcome that fear of, of like, well, I, I don't know if this, or I don't know if, I don't, I, probably no one would want me to. But if God is stirring you, and if God is, 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 is wanting you to, to, to minister, to do something, now is the time to step up. We need you in those kind of ways. Because God shapes us. And he makes us. And, and God is always faithful, even in the mosquito time. Let me pray for you this morning. Would you bow your head with me? And I'd like to pray for you. And I, I'm not going to call anyone to come up this morning. I'm not going to do that. But, but I would like to even pray for you through the, the coming weeks. If, if there's anyone, and, and as we've been talking about some of these times, and you're like, yeah, I feel like I'm in one of those discouragement. I feel like I'm living in part of those mosquito times. That's, that's me. Would you just lift your hand up for a second? And, and again, the only reason is so I can pray for you over the next couple weeks. Anybody like that today? Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Father, we, we come to you today and we praise your holy name because you are faithful. And we know that even in times where it may seem like we are lonely and it is dark and the ringing in our ears, this, this ominous tone of the mosquito note that just tells us 
Where are you? That is not reality. Reality is not what we feel. Reality is the truth that you are with us and that you will provide and you will heal and you will deliver and you will break us free and you will help us and you will come through. And even in these, these, these moments that we're here, God, you are shaping us and forming us and creating us in powerful ways. And that gives us confidence and courage, Lord, that we are not alone. For my brothers and sisters here today, we know that you will be faithful. We know that you will watch over us. Just like we go back and we recount the stories of how you provided, how you delivered, how you took care of us over and over and over, you will do the same now. And we praise you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your spirit and how you shape us. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this is for the kids. Um, hey, just to keep you up to date with what's going on here at the church, um, all the kiddos, pay attention. This is for you to remind your parents when you get home, and I'm pretty sure I've been told that if you remind your parents when you get home of these two things, you will get a treat. So kids, listen up. You will get a treat if you remind your parents. Uh, first thing, um, we have Operation Christmas Child. Uh, the children's department is partnering with our community preschool here at NAPNAS, and they're doing Operation Christmas Child. Information has been sent home the last couple weeks with your kiddos. Um, the next two Sundays are Sundays that where you can drop off donations for Operation Christmas Child. So kiddos, remind your parents to, to check that out. Make sure that they're giving you donations to bring to church the next couple of Sundays. And then the second thing, hey, just to keep up to date with what's going on here at NetMass, just uh, we have a church app. Go to Church Center or check out the bulletin. Just make sure you're continually staying up to date with what's going on here because as Dave said, this is a special place. And since 1968, God has been on the move through NetMass. You do not want to miss what God is doing in this body. And God is still on the move in this body. And you don't, you don't want to miss out on that because it will change your life and it will change the lives of everybody around here. Can we, can we throw the slide with our benediction up on the screens? Would you stand with me as we, as we say this together and as we close? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.